Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by WrestleRumble. Hit them up at WrestleRumble.com for your chance to win $500, classic artwork, and much more. For more info on how you can win and what you need to do to win, listen on later on in the show. We'll have info for you. Also, you can check them out on Twitter at WrestleRumble. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wooker Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Uninvited, overlooked. 
of a man who has proven the world wrong and led this team to victory. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by WrestleRumble.com. Head on over to WrestleRumble.com and find out how you can win some pretty unique and very cool prizes this coming Sunday as part of the TLC Pick'em. Again, head on over to WrestleRumble.com and find out just how you can enter and you can get your opportunity to win some really cool prizes courtesy of our friends over there at WrestleRumble.com. Also, WrestleRumble on Twitter and a little bit more about WrestleRumble later on in the show. But I want to welcome you to the two-man power trip of wrestling, episode number 222. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, we are joined by quite possibly the hardest working man in professional wrestling. You've known him as M-Dog 20. You know him on Lucha Underground as Son of Havoc. But it's Matt Cross that joins the program today, and what an absolutely intense interview this is. We like to classify this one as an epic, because it is a comprehensive, belly-to-belly, border-to-border, A-to-the-Z interview that covers everything in the career of Matt Cross. And honestly, this is one where I just feel like I got lost listening to the stories, and if you recall... In past couple episodes, I was not feeling so great, and when we recorded this interview, I sounded like absolute pure garbage, but managed to motor through about 25 minutes worth of questions with Matt Cross, and he just kept me going, man. He just kept me really intrigued, and everything that he said, he just had great responses, and he was very, you could tell, welcoming to uh, just kind of dig deep into his career and what's going on with him right now. I mean, this is a guy who is wrestling in basically every promotion that he can get into. I know down here in Virginia, he was just a part of a new league called Nova Pro uh, a few months back and was the highlight of that show. And he just he's getting out into the wild, so to speak, and wrestling not just in the United States, but all over the world. And that is a big, huge focus in the early part of the interview. But John, as I welcome you in here and we talk about about this epic with Matt Cross. I mean, obviously, we're going to educate some people as to who he is. You might not know the full story behind him, but this is a guy who was on WWE Tough Enough. You know, he's been on the independent scene for a very long time. He's crossed paths with all the big names that have gone on to absolute stardom. But when you're done listening to this, you're going to know he is a guy that basically could be in NXT or the WWE's main roster tomorrow if he wanted to be. But he's making an absolute name for himself on the independent scene and having amazing matches with amazing dream opponents. And John, as I welcome you in here, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Matt Cross and what we have to look forward to in this incoming epic with the one and only Son of Havoc. Yes, Chad. The two-man power trip is back and back with a vengeance. Yes, the epic series if you will has returned and obviously those are the longer episodes this one is quite a long journey and quite a fun journey it's probably got to be honest top 10 interviews um that i would say that we've done just as far as it's such a fun interview it's such an engaging interview he's such a fun and engaging guy which just any question you give him boom he would take it that extra mile and really really make it a fun intense and really really gratifying interview i mean this was one of the most fun ones sometimes when you start the interview you just don't know how long it's really going to go and then 
you know, we got uh, stuck on a little tangent there. Then he goes on a roll and just phenomenal answers. Just really, really fun interview all around. It was quite awesome, if I could say so. And obviously, you know, we can't, we make the joke or we kind of say it's part of the epic series, which is those longer interviews. They tend to go over about an hour and 20 minutes or so. Um, definitely great in length as far as that's concerned. But as far as Matt Cross a.k.a. Son of Havoc, a.k.a. M-Dog 20, our featured guest today. He has wrestled in over 20 countries around the world. We go into pretty much almost every country that he's wrestled in, which is pretty remarkable and pretty crazy because you'd think, it's like, man, how the hell did he wrestle in uh, Germany? Or how the hell did he have a connection here or there? It's just crazy all the places he's been able to wrestle. Obviously, England is a big one. Canada is a big one as well. And Mexico, which we talk about in length. But it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things. Like, man, this guy is a world traveler times 10. I just can't believe that he's literally wrestled everywhere, which just goes to show you you got to be a good worker to be able to do that. you got to be able to put up or shut up. And he really is a tremendous worker, a tremendous athlete, and he's been able to prove it all over the globe. And he's pretty much wrestled everyone. I mean, we were naming guys left and right, Juventud Guerrero, Ultimo Drag, and AJ Styles, who he said he wanted to have a one-on-one match with, but technically he was in a fatal four-way, so he has wrestled AJ, I mean, Samoa Joe, the list goes on and on and on, he's literally wrestled everyone, if you can think of anybody he hasn't wrestled, I'd love to kind of figure it out and kind of try to know, because he's literally has wrestled everyone he's wrestled all around the globe so this is just such an awesome interview he's such an intriguing guy i just love the fact that he's traveling all over the world but not only that i love the fact that he's passionate about it some guys are out there they may be a big name or or a decent worker and they're traveling the world and you could tell they're kind of just they're not as into it they're doing it for the money or, or they're doing it not really for the love of the game if you will listen to this interview you really get a great sense of matt he loves the wrestling business he's just so passionate about it and it really really shines through in this interview and that's what i think makes this such a tremendous interview it's really cool not only the fact that he's wrestled these different places and he's wrestled these different wrestlers the real cool thing is that he just loves what he's doing and he loves the professional wrestling business Yeah, it's one of those conversations where it feels like you're almost having fan-to-fan interaction because this is a guy who's, you know, around the same age as you and myself, John. And, you know, we definitely grew up in the same era. But the fact that he's able to kind of equate some of the scenarios back to being a fan, and in particular when he's talking about Rey Mysterio and the impact that Rey Mysterio's had on Lucha Underground, and I sent this out uh, via YouTube for the episode preview, you know, he talks about meeting Rey Mysterio back at the WCW Nitro Grill in the late 90s, early 2000s. And if you can remember the Nitro Grill and you can picture being a fan in Las Vegas and seeing WCW had a restaurant and that uh, Rey Mysterio and also Conan were there. I mean, he retells this story with such passion and just like you would talk to any other fan. And that is so cool to know that people out there in the business now are just like you, John, or myself, or anybody who's listening to this, that, you know, wrestling fans now are evolving into the wrestlers themselves. And that's why I think it's so cool that he gets to travel the way he does and that he's not kind 
kind of segmented to the WWE, which obviously we wish Matt nothing but the best and all the most profitable ventures that he could possibly be involved with. But he's having a great time not being a part of the WWE's uh, little movement they've got going on right here where all the big independent talent are heading up there and are doing some great things. They, I mean, you can't deny that. They are doing some absolutely amazing business. But Matt Cross is making a hell of a name for himself, and that's how we're going to kind of segue into his time here in Lucha Underground as the son of Havoc. And as we've kind of had this growing relationship with Lucha Underground, I've been able to educate myself more on the product and get a little bit deeper into it and learn more about the characters. But the son of Havoc is definitely one of the more cool and unique and intriguing characters. And John, why don't you tell us a little bit about Son of Havoc and uh, what if you want to go and look uh, look at some of the highlights of the Son of Havoc so far, what would they be with the new Lucha Underground Season 3 well underway as documented on the show? And of course, Son of Havoc playing a huge role in all three seasons so far. Oh yeah, you can't uh, talk Matt Cross without talking about Lucha Underground, obviously, and him being the Son of Havoc. Now, he's one of the most over guys on the roster. It's a unique gimmick. It's a unique mask that he wears. He's got that great beard going on as well. That's kind of cool. Think about him. He's been there since day one, which is saying a lot. Obviously, right now, they're in the third season and going quite strong, which is really cool. He's a former two-time trios champion for Lucha Underground, which is quite amazing. And the pairing that he has with Ivelisse and the pairing with Angelico, when they first got together, and we do talk about this in great length in the interview, which is one of the really, really fun topics that we get into, is their chemistry together and how they were kind of thrown in together, but they weren't really thrown in together. We learn about their past together. Obviously, Ivelisse and Matt were on Tough Enough together. Then you go with Angelico and Matt Cross knowing each other for many years, wrestling around the globe against each other, with each other, and so on. So the chemistry was there, but we just didn't quite know it. So it's really cool pairing by Lucha Underground that they were able to throw those three together and create quite a trio. And obviously they are super, super over with the crowd, always getting it done, whether it's the ladder match against the crew or, you know, whoever they may be wrestling, the Disciples of Death, whoever, they always were able to put on great matches. And obviously Matt Cross, one of the best athletes in Lucha Underground, which is kind of crazy to say because you think of all the athletes there and all the amazing wrestlers they have he might be the top guy there you know, as far as being the best athlete so he's been tremendous his run's been tremendous there and i love getting to talk to him about ray mysterio and what he thinks ray mysterio brings to lucha underground because that was a lot of fun not only because we get to talk about ray mysterio one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and kind of him being a mentor to the group and every to, to the league and, and the group of guys and everything but because we get an awesome, awesome WCW Nitro Grill story from Matt. That was one of the best stories, quite frankly, we've ever heard on the show. It's just so funny, so cool, so intriguing. I loved it. Basically, we put it on YouTube as well, which check it out there. But basically, you got Rey Mysterio and Conan in the WCW Monday Nitro Grill out there in Las Vegas. Matt Cross is there as a fan, and he goes up and he greets them and they deliver so that was one of the coolest stories we've heard on the show pretty funny and uh i hope matt will mention that to ray mysterio the next time he sees him at a lucha underground taping no yeah without a doubt that story is off the charts uh for the both of us to really kind of pinpoint that as uh something to talk about in the intro is uh unbelievable because it was so funny and so unexpected 
But, you know, you talk about him being an amazing athlete. He's such a mild-mannered speaking guy that you would never expect so many things to come out of him, whether it is that amazing athleticism or just the, uh, the dynamic he has as his character as Son of Havoc. He just does so many things so well, and obviously we wish nothing but the best for Matt Cross, and we wish continued success going forward for him. And you're going to hear me pop on at the end. I'm going to give you his plugs because we did get cut off. And I don't know if that was just because I was so cloudy and a little out of it with how sick I was uh, while we recorded this. So the plugs did cut off. So my apologies to Matt, but I will do my best to uh, recreate that at the end of the interview. But we really implore you to go out and support Matt, support Lucha Underground, and get out there if you see him coming to a town near you. Now, as you hear the music start to creep in in a minute, John, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and tell him a little bit more about the TLC Pick'em this coming Sunday on WrestleRumble.com and then get it on over to an epic with the Son of Havoc, Matt Cross. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by WrestleRumble. Check them out at WrestleRumble.com for your chance to win $500 and some classic wrestling artwork by artist John Toomey. Now, what do you need to do to win that $500? Well, what you need to do is go to WrestleRumble.com and do their TLC pick'em. Yes, this Sunday, live on pay-per-view and also on the WWE Network, is TLC, big time show for the WWE, headlined by AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. Now what you need to do for Wrestle Rumble is head over to the site and do a pick'em style. Pick all your winners, who you're going to win, for instance, who's going to win AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose, who's going to win Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss, and so on and so forth. Then there's going to be some separate questions, which I absolutely love to kind of make, uh, make or break some ties, if you will. And they're very interesting. It's going to be, uh, will AJ Styles hit the Styles Clash? And will Dean Ambrose kick out? Uh, who's going to be the first one to touch the first rung of the ladder? Stuff like that. Stuff where there's no way you can have a tie. And it's done by a great point system. I love it. It's so innovative. It's so cool. And to be honest, Chad, I know we've done it a million times. where We've done a little pick em amongst ourselves. You know, basically for a few bucks or for no money or, or whatever. But this is awesome because you get a chance to not only pick your winners, kind of watch your favorite matches, watch your, watch your favorite wrestlers, but also get a chance to win some artwork and you get a chance to win $500 for the first place winner. Now, again, that is go to WrestleRumble.com or hit them up on Twitter at WrestleRumble for your chance to win that $500. All you got to do is get your TLC picks in on time and make sure they're accurate. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for past legendary episodes featuring the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, Bruno San Martino, Jesse the Body Ventura, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. WWE lead attorney, Jerry McDivitt, the phenomenal AJ Styles, the Demon Kane, Dean Ambrose, and so many more. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Also, while you're surfing the web, go to wrestlinginc.com. Yes, that is wrestlinginc.com, your number one news source for professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Also, please check out 
ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com for your t-shirt needs. Featuring stores like our own store at the two-man power trip of wrestling, Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Paul Orndorff, Kevin Thorne, and Buff Bagwell. Also, for you Android users out there, check us out on Player FM. And now, without any further ado, a former two-time Lucha Underground Trios champion. He's been on American Ninja Warrior, and he's been on Tough Enough. He has wrestled in over 20 countries around the world. Formerly known as M-Dog 20, or Lucha Underground Son of Havoc, he is Matt Cross. Enjoy. All set. I got my very vocal cat who's going to be potentially meowing throughout, so uh, be, be warned of. Well, Strange ambient noises, perhaps. Oh, that's great. We've had dogs. We even had uh, Frankie the parrot, Coco Beware's parrot, in the background. So we get oh, the cat into the mix. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, it might. Uh, he likes to likes to be involved in things. <laughs> well, that's excellent. Let's hopefully uh, get a little input as we get rolling here. But joining us on the line today is an absolute standout of professional wrestling right now. Quite possibly one of the busiest guys. In the entire industry, you know him from Lucha Underground as the son of Havoc, but he is the one and only Matt Cross joining the two-man power trip of wrestling today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So, yeah, like I said, uh, one of the busiest guys possibly in the entire industry just came back from a, uh, a nice, long European tour. How uh, how are you feeling? And as uh, if you can follow Matt Cross on Twitter, you know that he does not stop so uh, how are you doing recovering from that long European tour? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like eternally jet-lagged. Um, it's just like a very, it's been a very strange, and amazing, rewarding, and fun year. Uh, I did three weeks in Europe, came home for just about two weeks, and then left for another two weeks. Came home for a couple of days, went to Canada for four days. Uh, came home, wrestled then on a Tuesday in Indiana, um, and came home. And then this weekend I was in Indiana and did Beyond Wrestling on Sunday, and uh, now I'm home again. So, it, it, like, two or three months in a blink of an eye, really. Uh, and the fact that it's, like, the middle of November is odd to me. I, I, if I had to guess, I would say that it was February. Like, I'm so far behind, and it's almost like I'm just in this blur and standstill at the same time. But it's but everything's just been so fun and so amazing. Um, I, it's hard to, you know, get your workouts in and get your meals in and just know where you are spatially and mentally but this is this is all I've ever ever wanted and to be able to do it and just kind of ride this wave of momentum it's I mean again it's all I ever wanted so I have that in mind and even though travel can be tough and rough at times like you know I don't want to uh I'll uh voice some displeasure but I don't want it to be mistaken as complaints because again this is this is pretty pretty awesome no that is really awesome especially going back and forth to Europe uh, as many times as you said you have in the past couple of months, 
that in itself is, uh, is something to speak to in professional wrestling because the uh, professional wrestling industry is definitely doing very well in Europe as we uh, you know, are broadcasting here in the United States. Not to say it's doing bad in the States, but it seems like in Europe there's a, a huge, huge influx of professional wrestling going on. There's a lot of great promotions, and they're really bringing over some awesome talent. But have you seen that European uh, change, you know, going towards how these uh, United States independent organizations are? Now there's another destination for you guys to perform on another side of the uh, the planet, so to speak. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think that worldwide, a lot of the stigmas associated with wrestling are being removed. It's being appreciated uh, finally for, for what it is. And again, I think on like a global scale, it's kind of coming into its own and, and on the way up. I mean, I've been involved since 2001, and I would say from day one, it was on, you know, this was right after all the Monday Night Wars and Attitude Era and stuff like that. So it, it was on this very, very gradual decline, I would say, for at least the first 14 years of my career. And I was still able to make things happen, but just on a whole, it, it wasn't on its way up. Only in the past year and a half to two years has there been a marked change where it's, wow, things are, you know, not going down for once and uh, and are on their way up. And I, and I see that worldwide, and especially in the U.K. I mean, yeah, the scene there is is really hot at the moment, and it was nice for me because, I mean, this time last year, I was looking at companies like Progress and ICW in Scotland and saying, like, man, that seems like the place to be and so much fun and these amazing crowds and all this talent. You know, that's where I want to be, and I'm just so grateful that here we are a year later, and I've just come off tours and, and shows with, with those exact companies. So it's neat to be able to kind of have the that duality in a way, like, as a fan of wrestling, I can look at it and see the places that I'm a fan of or that I think are cool, and then things that I would want to be uh, attached to or, or participate in, and then to kind of be able to then do that and, and work directly with them, it's, it's really neat. And so I'm just happy to move forward. And, and, and I mean, they have a bunch of other stuff with this world of sport uh, pilot taping, so it, it could even, it's like, it's already big and it could very easily get bigger, especially with all the talent involved, and everyone's just so professional there as well, so yeah, it's just been great, and I can't wait to you know, carry this momentum into a new year and, and head back in 2017. Yeah, it's great, and it's funny because ICW and Progress are now promotions that just your regular you know, United States wrestling fan, they know them. It's like, hey, he just wrestled in Progress, or hey, he was just over at ICW, and that kind of is carrying over to the marquee value that you have in a United States independent promotion. But how about the fans over there? Everybody, I think, in the wrestling industry, I think the fans are evolving just as much as some of the organizations are because, uh, not to say smart, but definitely a little bit more appreciative of the hard work aspect and a little bit more of the art form. But how have you uh, seen that fan base of the U.K. and Europe really taking to you coming over there to perform? Oh, it's such a pleasure because, I mean, obviously they don't get to see me or, or any other U.S. talent as much. So just by the nature of that, you know, you're, you're, you're not seen as much, so you're not oversaturated or anything. So, you know, they're excited to see you, just as I and everyone else is so excited to go and perform for them. I mean, there's nothing better than bringing what, whatever it is that you do to a completely new and, and receptive audience. And then I think when you couple that with, you know, in America we don't have that, 
history of like the football hooliganism and all that kind of stuff. So I just think in general in Europe they're they're better at being crowds. <laughs> uh, I think as Americans there's no song that that we all know save for maybe the Happy Birthday song. Uh, but I can't go to you and be like, "Yo, dude, let's all sing that one song that we." There there is no song. Whereas in Europe it seems like. There's 50, 60, 70 songs that just everybody knows. So these fans are able to like sing throughout the show, and then they're so witty and they're so quick, and they're, I mean, it's why the WrestleMania or the Raw after WrestleMania every year is so good because so many people come from overseas, and then you get that taste on the American side of what the European crowd is like on our soil, and it's just, again, I just think they're 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 better at being fans. I mean, sometimes it's so hard for me to, I'm just like taken out of the moment, and I'm just. I'll get caught laughing, or it's just, it's so, I'm almost like, is this okay for me to just be, like, laughing and smiling, and it's so obvious I'm having so much fun that I'm like, is it detracting from the performance? Because it's just such a pleasure to be over there. Yeah, those, uh, you know, those, like, soccer-inspired, you know, chants that they have, those songs, they're they're creative. Uh, Sometimes they can be a little head-scratching. But nonetheless, they definitely add to uh, you know to the atmosphere, and yeah, they carried it over into the United States in those Raws after WrestleMania. You know, the hijacking is like now it's becoming an anticipated show because you don't know what's going to uh, what's going to pop up next. But how has the response been with the uh, the European fans, the international fans, with your inclusion in Lucha Underground? Because obviously, here in the states, I mean, Lucha Underground is such a phenomenon. And uh, you finally, you feel very cool watching Lucha Underground. You feel like you're watching something different, but <laughs> have you felt that translate over into the European market as well? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the places don't even formally get it, which is what's exciting too, because you don't know if it's not airing on any channel for them, will they have seen it? Or like, you know, obviously they likely have heard about it, but how much of it have they seen? Do they follow it? And then to go to GWF in Berlin, Germany, and have the whole crowd just be like, crazily chanting son of havoc it's it's you know knowing that they don't get the show it's like it's cool to to see that and experience that and to know that they're watching and and yeah it is such a new product that people are just clamoring to it you know i i keep saying that it's just the evolution of professional wrestling like the tv shows that i've watched aren't the same ones that my parents watched uh, the movies that I watch aren't the ones that my grandparents watch. The bands that I like are different. Like every single form of entertainment has evolved, you know, up to the except wrestling was the one lagging behind. You know, my my, my grandma, the example I keep giving too is my grandma liked wrestling. It was presented in much the same way it is today. Like giant arena, there's a ring, there's some guys. Okay, so with everything else changing. And then wrestling was just stagnant. So I think finally, 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 wrestling's caught up via Lucha Underground. It's their way of of bringing it into this this newer generation. And and, and you know, it's not only is the content of our TV shows different, but the 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 editing, everything is different. Like it's not, you know, we don't we watch Breaking Bad now. We don't watch the Brady Bunch. And so to me, Lucha Underground is Breaking Bad, and other programs play out more like the Brady Bunch. I mean, there's just this evolution of things. So yeah, it's great to see. Uh, we're now available, I believe, on Samurai TV in Japan. Uh, it's starting to air in Germany soon. Um, my personal provider is AT&T U-verse. They announced yesterday that we got added there. Uh, I had to drive to my mom's house every week to watch the show. Now I can watch it at my own place. Um, <laughs> so that's nice. So it's it's great that there's this momentum and then this this growth, and people are, yeah, excited. I mean, I think fans 
they need you to be attached to something. Like wrestling itself will always be bigger than any of its parts. So, uh, you know, the WWE is always bigger than any guy and, and, and so forth. And I think Vince McMahon's kind of made it that way in his best interest. Uh, and, and fans know and understand that, that formula. So you have to be attached to something. And now that I, I am, and I'm not just attached to something. I'm attached to something that I fit in so well with. You know, I've been offered wrestling contracts in the past, and this is the first one I've ever signed because I really, really, truly believed in the product. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be just another guy and just another product. Like, I want to be an integral part of the change that I wanted to see as a fan for so many years, and that's what I get out of Lucha Underground. You know, I have a direct line to the writers. I have uh, just so much freedom. I, we have so much fun. It's It's just that excitement is palpable. It's very like team atmosphere because everyone's, you know, we're building this new great thing that again, the majority, if not every one of us wanted to see for so long. So it's just really exciting to be involved with it. And then the fans are excited too. So it's kind of a, you know, mutual, uh, mutual thing. Yeah. And oddly enough, or ironically enough, I believe Florence Henderson actually did host Monday night Raw. So that is a really great comparison when you think about the uh, (laughs) the the two products up against one another, but every single person that we've had on from Lucha Underground has literally almost verbatim said the same exact thing you just said, whether it's talking to the writers and having an open dialogue with them or having that different atmosphere and having that, that great chemistry uh, and just the the overall episodic feel. I mean, every single person says the same thing, and you can genuinely feel how happy they are with the product. But since you joined and since you signed on, has it uh, – you know, not over, uh, you know, overblown its expectations in your mind, but has it met what you thought it was going to be when you signed on to the project? Oh, it's exceeded it for sure. I mean, in wrestling, you're always promised things, and maybe 1% of them, you know, come to fruition. I mean, if if everything I'd been told since day one 16 years ago came to be, I'd be like, I don't know, on an island in Hawaii right now, like surrounded by beautiful women and money or something, you know? Like, uh, you, you hear so many fantastic stories in this business and you kind of have to sort through and, and you, you become really good at almost you become like an amateur doctor and detective at the same time because you're like how hurt am i and what's for real and not <laughs> as far as different projects so um yeah i mean when i got the, the first phone call and hearing that robert rodriguez and and these type of people were involved in this wrestling project you know you don't know what to think uh you know, I'd been called years earlier to to be told I was going to be on a tour with, with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and this is right after Ric Flair retired. So, I mean, that was a pretty ridiculous, or so I thought, phone call until it all happened. So, again, you never know, like, which ones are real, which ones aren't, what to expect. Um, and, yeah, this this obviously had, uh, I don't say a lot of potential, because that's so cliche, but it had a lot of, of bigwigs involved it had a lot of positives it had a i mean it sounded potentially you know too good to be true uh but you know i'm an adventurer at heart so i'm always interested and and certainly was interested in the people uh you know the wrestlers and behind the scenes people that were involved so you know i absolutely wanted to give it a shot and then yeah from day one it's just been they've treated us so well and that carries over you know it's like whenever I, and I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I think this carries to a lot of wrestlers. Like, in, when I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, am I going to perform at my highest level? I mean, I always 
I'm going to give the fans their money's worth because I know what that's like, and, and, and it's my name and reputation on the line, and, and I can't go out there and go half-assed. But when you're just when people go that extra mile, you know it, it shows. And I think with our show, everyone is a professional and is trusted to be a professional, and then it's just they just do what they do, and then the product comes out so well. So yeah, I mean everything that they've told us, you know, like we'd like to progress with some house shows and, you know, potentially, and then, oh, hey, we did some house shows, and this is what we're looking at with this and this and this, and it's just, it's all falling into place. It's, I've never been disappointed or or let down or made some kind of promise that wasn't fulfilled or anything. So it's, I mean, again, I think no one there is new, and I think that's very helpful. Like, had we, if it was people that were two or three or four years into wrestling, maybe there would be a different approach, a different mindset. But everyone's been involved for so long that we've all kind of swam through so much garbage that we know the opportunity we're being given and no one wants to screw it up and everyone wants to enjoy it and just help it be in this environment where it it flourishes. And uh, Yeah, so again, that feeling, it's very team-based, I feel like, and, and everyone's just there to, I mean, have fun. And I think that that then carries over into such a good product because we're just we're enjoying and we believe in what we're doing. Yeah, and when you think about that tour that you mentioned, the Hogan and Flair tour uh, after Flair's mm-hmm. retirement, to see where we've come in those six seven years from that tour, where you're still pumping up the you know the legend of the past and you're still having to rely on things that were over at some point, you know, to kind of garner the interest of fans now. It's Lucha Underground that is being the marquee when you go to outside shows and you go to uh, other events. You see, you know, that Lucha Underground marketed talent, but I think you hit on it without a doubt. And, again, I'll, I'll you know, just repeat the sentiments of, of fellow uh, roster members is that cohesiveness as a team and the uh, the desire for everybody su- to succeed. But is there something that you feel like with the writers being more open to uh, suggestions? Does that help you guys as a group uh, kind of excel a little bit more that you don't have to be pigeonholed to just uh, one singular idea you can actually input, and that makes kind of everybody a little uh, a little more at ease. Of course, because it just helps the environment. You don't feel – I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I don't feel like I'm on thin ice. I mean, I think it was uh, – I was listening to Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast, and I believe he had Bob Holly on, and Bob Holly mentioned something about even when he was 10 years into his career – he still felt like he was always on thin ice, and he felt like if he had two bad matches in a row, he was going to get fired, and he felt like, and and that sounds awful. <laughs> and a guy like that who, you know, I, I would I would like to think he wasn't in danger of losing his job, or certainly 10 years in, he should have had some sort of feeling of security or been able to, like, just breathe a little easier, and it just sounds so so stressful and high-strung, and that's just a difficult environment to be in, or I would imagine, and there's none of that with us. You know, we, we show up as friends, we laugh, we joke. Uh, if I have, you know, strong input one way or another, I, I know where the writers are and I feel like they're, and they're not going to agree with you 100% of the time, obviously, but just to have that open door policy and being able to go in there and share your thoughts with the people making things happen. And they, they do always listen and they're, they, they have the balls to, to make certain changes. If, you know, everyone kind of sees that it works out and stuff like that. So to to kind of see that happen directly myself, it's pretty incredible. And and I think that that relaxed, fun environment. I mean, I've had matches and come to the back, and the first one there to greet me is 
uh, you know, Johnny Mundo, and he's just like, holy crap, dude, that match was sick. Like, and and what a what a you know, there's no like stomping each other down or these these things that you read about, and it's like I haven't really experienced them, and I'm and I'm glad that I haven't, and I just feel this this. I don't know, again, cohesiveness and love. And it's like, I mean, here's a guy that I was watching in WWE because we have similar-esque styles and, and an appreciation for real athletic styles of wrestling. So I always thought, you know, John Morrison was, was you know, was, was one of my favorites. And then to now be able to work side-by-side side with him and have him be such a cool guy, it's it's just really, it's really neat. You know, some of the friendships that have, have, have really forged and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's, it's a great environment. And obviously, you know, Lucha Underground gaining momentum, gaining popularity. But with Season 3, you know, now upon us, what are your kind of thoughts and expectations on Season 3? Because it seems like it was basically shot out with a cannon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, and, I, and, and on a personal note, I'm very, I'm very proud of that because uh, myself and Matanza were the first match of the first episode of Season 3. Yes. And we were basically told more or less, like, that you know, like this is the first thing people will see. We're gaining momentum. We're 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 really on a rise here. This is again, people are going to have heard about it. Check out season three for the first time, or the people that are already excited. And we, you know, they didn't use those words, but but that's perfect. Like, let's shoot it out of a cannon right from the right from the get go. So, and I think that's one of my best matches that I've ever had. Um, it was it was crazy. I mean, I guess to add a little anecdote, something that people wouldn't know. Uh, is, you know, we're filming in a, in a warehouse in Los Angeles. I don't remember when we filmed it, to be honest, but it was very, very hot. Um, and I remember just, oh, I was dying. And when I got to the back, I mean, it was it was such a grueling hot day and an insane match. Uh, and then we were informed by someone that two fans had passed out <laughs> just sitting there. Well, so I'm like, geez, that's the kind yeah. of you know, atmosphere that we were in where, where people, two of them, had just, just passed out and kind of succumbed to the elements, and we were in there just, like, killing each other. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was really, again, like a, a personal accomplishment to be, to be – I've been on the first episode of season one, two, and three, and I kind of wear that as a badge of pride, too, because I have been there from day one, and, and I'm so happy and, and proud to do so. And, and yeah, it's really neat. Um, that was one of my favorite matches I've ever, I've ever had. And without giving anything away, I can say that there are – there are at least two more matches this season for me personally that are in my top three, five, ten all time. Like some of my favorite matches I've ever had, uh, and they're still yet to come. So it's always cool to me when a fan is like, "Oh, we're so excited for this, or we're so excited for season three. and I almost have to cut them off. And I'm like, "Well, you're not as excited as I am. Like <laughs> I'm I'm just as excited as they are, if not more. You know. So that that's kind of cool to tune in every week and and have that same have that same excitement and we filmed them you know before so i mean i'm so busy and i have such a bad memory to begin with and i never know where i am so (laughs) by the time the matches air i've completely forgot them (laughs) like completely so i get to watch them with this fresh set of eyes and and it kind of is a new experience and and a lot of fun just for me as well that's awesome because you get to go into it fresh and kind of experience it all over again and i love that the you know you guys are having such a good match and and obviously, uh, Boyle Heights over there, the, the quote-unquote the temple, is uh, heating up, and you guys are uh, you know passing out some of the fans. But what are your overall thoughts on the temple and that crazy crowd over there in Boyle Heights? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's such a – I mean, it's, I just like the, the feel of it. 
uh, and the look and everything. It just it has a certain. I mean, it speaks more to me personally. You know, like when I was roughly 15, I discovered punk rock, and I've never looked back. So for 20 years, I've just that's been my, my first love and and my passion and everything. So when I see a dirty, kind of beaten down, rust belt styled uh, warehouse and, and graffiti and and just that whole feel of the building it speaks to me personally so uh, and then to be welcomed in with with my style and and the kind of athletic based and innovative type stuff that that me and a lot of these guys are doing to to give us a home in that place it's it's really neat and then yeah for the fans to just to to make it their own you know i mean they are like the third man or the fourth man or whatever type match it is you know they they're very much a part of the product now and and I had a friend that came over from Germany last year just for uh, WrestleMania and that on all those festivities, and then he stuck around, and uh, we were filming maybe a week after, and, and he went to Lucha Underground as well. And he was really, really lo- looking forward to it, but to come, I mean, to fly all the way from Germany, I almost felt uh, this pressure of like, man, I mean, hmm. obviously he's going to have built up this, for him to go through all this, to, to do it, I mean, wow, this could, well, I mean, what if it doesn't really play out or whatever and then to this day he's like his best part of that entire week and he went to everything he's like man going at lucha underground taping was the best like he was just so excited about it and he's like it was it was the best part for sure he wants to come over again now and i mean the guy came from germany just to see it live and and, and it wasn't like oh yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> like hmm. he's just he just he just loved it and and yeah, I mean it's 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 real. We're right there. We're in your face. It's gritty. It's it's. I mean, you never know. The action spills out everywhere. I mean, it's almost to the point where it's like, it. it, it I mean, it's so punk rock. It's like, dudes are flying into audience members. I mean, we're using every part of the temple. Like we have the freedom to use every part of the temple. I mean, it's like one part playground, one part obstacle course, one part you know wrestling arena. Like it's just, it's 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 it's, it's awesome. I mean, that's all I've. I always, uh, again, coming from 11 years of a gymnastics background, I always looked at the ring itself, not really as a ring, but as some sort of obstacle or, or thing that I could interact with. And I think that's how I'm able to come up with some, some different or more innovative offense because it's never been like, I'll do a spine buster like Arn Anderson for me. It's like, I'll hang off the side of the pole like nobody. <laughs> so it, I feel like that mindset is even welcomed within Lucha Underground because it's not just... You know, it's and again, I, I think it's that's that evolution of wrestling. It, why does it, it doesn't have to be this certain way? I mean, it is an art form, so it can that can manifest itself in so many different ways. It's amazing that you got you know a friend from Germany coming over and he puts over Lucha Underground. You know, basically as <laughs> his favorite part of of the whole week, even despite WrestleMania, which is pretty crazy crazy to say. But you know, you were saying your style, basically high flyer, innovative offense. Do you think that Lucha Libre style just meshes perfectly with you and with Lucha Underground? Oh, sure. I mean, I think I you know I started gymnastics when I was ten years old and did that for eleven years, so hmm. and at a high level around the country. So that planted the seeds for a lot of things. You know, I've only in the past couple of years really realized like, oh, even growing up. I mean, every weekend we had a different competition somewhere in the country, so. We'd either fly to Las Vegas and stay in a hotel and then compete and be under a lot of pressure or, you know, drive to North Carolina and compete and be under a lot of pressure. And so I'm like, this is all that I've ever done. Like, the parallels are just kind of striking. So I, I think that planted the seed, too. Of, I mean, now I just can't stay in the same place for 
two, three days, I had this, you know, wanderlust or itch to just travel or whatever. So I think that was sort of, you know, like planted that seed. Um, so yeah, my style is just going to lend itself to, I've always, I mean, I try to wrestle in a style of, of the guys that I liked and I always liked, you know, super crazy or Rob Van Dam or AJ Styles or these guys with the sense of you didn't know what they were going to do next. And again, it was all ultra athletic and, and that's what spoke to me. So I try to have that same uh, style and try to bring that same, uh, you know, to the same idea to the table. So people, what, what's he going to do next or what might he do next? Or it's just, you know, that, and I think from the gymnastics, uh, that lends itself to that. And I think, you know, I think American audiences haven't really been given the chance to enjoy that. And I, I think there's a market for it. And I think Lucha Underground is, you know, capitalizing on that. I think we saw some of it at the very end of WCW with the cruiserweights and stuff. And then, you know, unfortunately they, they went under. And I think there's almost this unspoken assumption that, like, well, WCW didn't work and they were featuring cruiserweights. So, like, cruiserweights don't work. Or, like, Wrestling Society X was a similar uh, you know, project with the same sort of there, there's a market for this, but then that not working out for completely unrelated reasons. People then use it as evidence of oh, there's not a market for this, and 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 there is. I, you know, I believe, and it's it's nice that people are are finally getting a chance to, to see that through Lucha Underground. And now, I, and I feel like the timing is interesting, but I, I feel that because Lucha Underground is so innovative and, and revolutionary and, and changing things and, and catering to that market that is there, the people that do want to see that, I think that's why we're seeing uh, the Cruiserweight Classic and the Cruiserweight Division. And it's just nice to see because I think that people have always, you know, wanted to see that uh, that style of wrestling and, and, and they really haven't got the full opportunity to for one reason or another. Very true. And it's funny because we had a great opponent of yours on, Paul London, not that long ago, and he kind of mentioned it's funny that they're bringing back the Cruiserweights and the Cruiserweight Classic, and they're putting them on Wednesday night when we're, you know, on Wednesday night at 8. He's like, yeah, very interesting. Do you kind of find that a little bit uh, coincidental as well? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there was talk of bringing back a Cruiserweight division for at least 10 years, right? I mean, we, we'd read rumors mm, every yep. single year that it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I had put so much stock in that personally. I mean, without getting into details, I've been told that it was coming back by really high-ranking people and 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 i was you know in touch with all of these things as they kind of unfolded and uh, but but years ago (laughs) and just thinking like okay well maybe not this month maybe next month well maybe not this year but maybe next year and then as the months turn into years and the years start piling on you're like what's going on here like so you know again i think they they had talked about this stuff i mean i can personally attest to that uh, for for many 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 years, and it was always at various stages. I mean, how close it ever came to being pulled the trigger, it was always kind of bubbling under the surface. So um, it's not like they completely pulled that out of thin air. It was always there. Uh, but I do find it interesting that they finally did pull the trigger. You know now, um, but hey, I mean, the more people can uh, have a home to watch that sort of style, I, the better definitely uh, lends to some more talent, you know, being out there and on TV and getting to see different styles uh, for sure. But I think with Son of Havoc, you know, with you having that gimmick, it kind of shows a different side of you as well. Because, I mean, obviously, always a great high flyer. 
but this is kind of a cool little, you know, little change up for you because you're wearing the mask now. You're doing a, you know, interesting gimmick. So where did the the sonopathic gimmick uh, start from? Like, how, how did that emanate? Is that the writers? Is that you? Uh, it wasn't me. It's uh, it was their idea and their intellectual property and all that. And I was told roughly two hours before we filmed the first episode. So uh, I'd never heard the name, seen the outfit, or anything. If you go back and watch the first episode, that's, I mean, again, that's maybe maybe two hours after I've been told everything. So, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so it was a real, real crazy whirlwind for me. But it is, like, and I'm so grateful that I wasn't new. Uh, I mean, down to something silly. Like, I'd never worn tights before. So even that, there's, it doesn't seem like it. But there's, like, a learning curve or there's some adjustment there. So it's, like... I'm a high flyer wearing big leather boots for the first time, wearing tights for the first time, and a mask for the first time. If I'm in two or three years in, I may have been in a lot of trouble, so to speak. But, uh, you know, at that point, I was 14 years into pro wrestling, so a lot of it is is trust and confidence and feel. Um, and, you know, I was able to do it. And, and, and I've been clamoring for an opportunity like this for so long and felt like I was ready for an opportunity like this for so long that it honestly didn't matter – what they did or said, like, I was going to make it work. And, and it was like, I just need a television camera on me, <laughs> and, and we're going to make something out of this. And that has been my approach since day one, and I think it's paid off because for whatever reason, I think fans have been able to kind of see that and, and pull that out of me and, 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 and that, you know, like, through my body language or whatever it is, like, that's, that's translating, and, you know, they can see, like, here's a guy who – who's been here since day one, who's always busting his butt and, and making opportunities where there might not have been any and, and making something out of this. And just that, that slow, gradual, organic climb is something that people, uh, you know, are getting behind and, and, and it motivates me too, you know. It's like, it, I, I always want that to be kind of, some light to be shed on that because, like, for so long I wanted to be on television or I wanted a contract or whatever, and then I finally got it. But it's not like I kind of slowed down at that point. You know, it's not like I was like, I did it. Like, if anything, I work harder now. And now it's like before I was eating every two and a half hours and everything's measured out and I was going to the gym six days a week. And now it's that or more, you know, because <laughs> it's like, holy crap, like, this is what I wanted. Now I just want to see how far it can go or I want to help build this brand and build this product and I want to be an integral part of it. And I just – Again, because I believe in it so strongly, and so it's it's just neat to kind of to get this opportunity, and um, and yeah, I just felt like I was I was at a place where whatever I was given, I was I was going to make work. I mean, I felt like that would be the mark of a true professional, or that that would be where you separate like the good guys from the great guys, or whatever it is. And, and that was the kind of challenge I laid down for myself, and I was like, you know, this is a cool black outfit, like. So it's not like I fought too much of an uphill battle. I was like, I can definitely make this work, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Definitely, and I just love that the son of that gimmick. At first, you know, you lose to sexy star. The crowd is, you know, they're kind of behind you. But then you go through a little bit of a losing streak. Then they really, really get behind you. Is that kind of, a, you know, like a cool feeling? Like, wow, you know, this gimmick and and myself, I'm really getting this over with this crowd. Yeah, I loved it because if you go back and watch everything, even to this day, I mean, it's not been like, I'm not a cool vignette guy. I'm not like, mm-hmm. here's this montage of him doing all this badass stuff guy. It's, it's, I go out there and I wrestle and I have matches. <laughs> and, and so for the, for me to be getting 
the reactions that I'm getting. I mean, even Aztec Warfare last week, I was watching at home, and when I came out, I was like, well, what? Like, it was just like this mind-blowing reaction, and it's, it's not people responding to, oh, man, he did have this awesome vignette where he's flipping off buildings and whatever he was doing, all stuff that I could do, but, but I haven't been put in these. And with, with a platform like this where everything can be and is so cinematic and amazing and, and, and all these different factors that are at play, uh, it's cool to know that, like, you know, I, I was never shoved down anyone's throat or I was never supposed to be the guy or whatever. So, so anyone that's cheering for me is just they, they've kind of made that decision internally amongst themselves or within themselves to be like, no, I see what this guy, like, you know, <laughs> he's just, again, busting his butt from day one. Like, he, he wants this and he's going to make it happen. And, and, like, he's laying it all out on the line. And, and, and I just, I don't know, that, that, that passion for this that I have, luckily, is translating. And, and you know, the, the fans are just as much a part of it. So, like, together we're just making this, this cool thing. Very, very cool. Aztec Warfare, obviously, innovative crazy, you know, a bunch of things rolled up all into one. The Lucha Underground kind of, you know, throws different things out there. Definitely different than the norm match, if you will. I mean, Aztec Warfare is definitely something that stands out above other things that other companies, you know, probably wouldn't do. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 insane, too. It's such a, like, crazy concept, and the fact that all three of them have come out as well as they have is just a testament to everyone involved, because something like that is so difficult and can just really go off the rails so early and, and and so catastrophically. And the fact that they've just like seamlessly, I mean, to have like essentially the roster of a company in a match that lasts an episode, it, it's, it's even on paper. It's like, what? <laughs> and, and in reality, it's, it's barely possible. And all three of them have been amazing. <laughs> and even for me watching this, this last week, it was, it went to a commercial break at some point. I thought we were maybe five minutes in and it was like a half an hour. Like the show was halfway done. And I'm like, hmm. that felt like five minutes. Like, it's just, I love that it's so, you know, action forward. And, 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 and you kind of, there is no, like, what a 20-minute promo hopes to accomplish. I think that we do accomplish in like a one-minute vignette uh, in a more exciting way. So it's just, it's nice that there's kind of, uh, all, the, all the fat has been trimmed. And it's just sort of, here it is, and I think that's kind of uh, one of our strengths as well, because it, it is like a bingeable show. I mean, you could sit down and watch two, three, four episodes and not want to kill yourself, you know. <laughs> and I think that's what audiences are used to nowadays, anyway. When when I would sit down to again watch Breaking Bad, I would watch multiple episodes in a row. Uh, yeah, that's kind of I think how people digest a lot of their media nowadays. So if you have a show that's, what, 44 minutes without commercials, you can watch two or three of those, and you can follow, and you're rewarded for doing so, because there is a coherent storyline that, that, that goes throughout, and a lot of time and effort is put in to make sure that, that there is that thread that kind of you know pulls everything together. Definitely, and it's so cool. I like to binge watch. I usually wait a couple weeks, and I'll watch a bunch of them. That's the way I like to do it. Cause, you know, it's just kind of fun that way. You just kind of catch up, and you just... You you don't have to look forward to the next week as much because you're watching four in a row and you know you you get really into it. It's real cool. But I think sure. with that show, you know, it's like it's such an episodic TV show. It's almost um, like we've said before. It's a it's a TV show with wrestling. Do you kind of uh, you have that sense of feeling of, of with it? Yeah, and I think I mean the people involved and the people making it make you know high level television shows and movies. So I think that that does spill over into this because they're 
you know, they're television people first. And, I mean, they they literally are television people making a wrestling show. So, yeah, it plays out like that. <laughs> and, hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm happy it does. And thinking, you know, specifically with you, obviously two-time trios champion for Lucha Underground, and obviously, you know, it takes three to, to complete the trios team, and it's uh, Angelico and Ivelisse. And at first you're like, I don't know about these three meshing together. I don't know. And then all of a sudden you guys are on TV together, you know, you haven't, if it's a funny backstage and yet, or it's just a, the match, you guys have gelled together pretty damn well, and chemistry has been kind of off the charts. What did you think about that pairing at first, kind of where you became now, where the chemistry is just great? I think to us it's maybe a little less surprising because it's not people that have just been thrown together uh, for lack of something else to do. I mean, I've known Ivelisse. I was on Tough Enough with Ivelisse in 2011, mm, and yeah. I knew her. I knew her from just Independence prior to that. So we had probably met in 2009 or 2010. So we've known each other for six or seven years already. Uh, I first met Angelico when I was touring Spain for a company called NWE back in 2008. So I've known him for, for eight years. And, I mean, these were giant shows all around Spain with 12,000, 16,000 people. It's where Ultimate Warrior had his last match ever. Uh, I was on that show. I wrestled Juventud Guerrero in a ladder match in front of 16,000 people. And Angelico, who was living in Spain at the time, you know, came to some of the shows and was backstage and was – I mean, it's funny now because he was kind of hoping to get involved, not in wrestling in general, but but in this company and on that level. So, I mean, even there's a guy that I've known for eight years. So all of our careers have, in a sense, weirdly paralleled one another. Uh, and I guess it goes back to that, that running theme of nobody's new. So we've all been involved for, for so long. We all care about this project so much. And then when we and I, we got put together, like, again, very, very organically as well. It wasn't just like... I don't know, you guys get put together. You know, it's like it's kind of where the storyline dictated. It's kind of where things headed just naturally. So because of that it was like, all right and, and I mean, so I guess it wasn't as surprising for us, but uh the level of feedback we got was, was refreshing and that was a bit surprising. Um, it was cool to see people really take to it and uh and even now, you know, in the middle of season three uh for people to still be bringing it up and talking about it and and i get tweets about it you know all the time and and that's really neat because you can tell we touched on some so we touched on something and just for things like you know for us to go for these trios titles the, the very first time and for Ivelisse to literally break her ankle <laughs> uh mm-hmm. you know it's like we fought so many uh you know storyline battles and real life battles and i think people kind of Again, it was very real, and it, it played out to people and, and everyone. Um, you know, I, I feel like I still get a lot of feedback from people talking about that, and it's it's neat. You know, in wrestling, you hope to create moments, and sometimes you, you're aware of them in the moment, and sometimes it takes months or years to look back and realize it was really a moment. But us winning the trios titles that, that first time, I mean, the celebration was just, oh, it was awesome. You know, <laughs> like you, and to be in that moment and aware that, this is one of those moments. I mean, the show is obviously edited for time, so they're not going to leave the entire celebration into a you know 44-minute program. But uh, I can tell you that it, when I saw the line cut, the original footage of it, we were in the ring for 10 minutes, like a legitimate 10 minutes, and not because we were told to or because we had to. or We just we won these titles. No one expected it. Everyone's so you know, jubilant and, and enjoying this, this, this moment in time. 
and we're just in the ring soaking it up and and just like you know that that mutual love and respect it was was there for 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 ten full minutes, which again is insane. <laughs> like, and they were saying like we wish we could we could have shown this full ten. I mean, it's not the most riveting television to show ten minutes of people on their feet clapping, but but that was the reality behind it, and you just knew right then that like oh this is this is really something, <laughs> and then we had to sort of overcome and deal with so many injuries and stuff like that but yeah it was a lot, it was a lot of fun and uh and i you know those guys are great uh and helico and i are you know close friends uh you know on the show and then and outside of the show as well you know bringing that that eight years of knowing each other uh you know comes to light and 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 i he's a he's a cool guy and i always have his back and you know it's a lot of fun Awesome team, and that's an awesome moment, especially um, given you guys are the first trio champions, so it makes it that much more special. And the crowd really took to it. Obviously, you mentioned 10-minute celebration. Pretty rare in uh, wrestling. Obviously, a lot of respect for you guys and what you do, but I felt like the feud with the crew also aided it as well because it was such a good, compelling feud you guys had going on. Obviously, uh, Bale would eventually get uh, killed by Matanza, which is kind of funny, but uh, Cortez Castro and uh, Mr. Cisco, but what do you think about your feud with the crew and that eventual, you know, that crazy uh, ladder match as far as, you know, the injuries were concerned? Yeah, I mean, it was just it was fun to be given that opportunity to, you know, have this televised big-time ladder match and stuff. And, and again, it's like everyone in that feud was really there, you know, from very early, if not day one. So, again, we, we just, we know and respect you know, appreciate this opportunity that we have, and and, and that's just another time that it comes to light. You're like, oh, here we go. This is going to be a lot of fun, and just trying to put it together in a certain way. And, and yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. So much of it just like plays out so real because it's like there were there were real issues, and there were real injuries, and there were real uh, you know. So a lot of that's just is kind of captured and stuff like that, and it comes out so natural because a lot of it just just sort of was and, and yeah it was, it was it was great and those those guys are awesome I mean again no one no one's new so it's like it wasn't some guy that's been wrestling a, you know the first day and wants to do all his moves or whatever I mean everyone has this like deep appreciation and respect for for wrestling in general uh and you know we're all fans right like if you don't like this then you wouldn't be doing it so like we're the biggest fans because we do it for a living, pursue it for a living, and, and don't sleep and, and do all these insane things that, that to make it happen. <laughs> so, you know, we're all fans, and we're all probably fans first. And so we're just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to do the things, like I said earlier, that, that I like as a fan. <laughs> and the things that hmm. if I was watching, it'd be like, that's great. And maybe, you know, the things that I like someone else wouldn't like, so maybe – Someone doesn't like me for that same reason, but but that's okay. Cause, you know, it's it is an art, and, and I'm just trying to bring that to the table, uh, the things that, that that I enjoyed, and and you know, because we are fans, it's just we can see that big picture in this cool temple and this like, you know, dingy place and these rusty this and that, and and we're gonna interact with it, and we're gonna have so much fun, and we know the place is gonna be packed with these people going insane, and and it just it just makes these special moments, which is. Awesome, and, and kind of only can really see that in Lucha Underground to a certain point because it's just so different and so cool in that aspect. 
but to think about kind of where you are and, you know, your innovation and a lot of things that Lucha Underground does, can't help but think of an, an OG, an originator himself, an innovator, you know, especially from my generation or your generation, a guy like Ray Mysterio Jr. What has it been like to have him added to the, uh, you know, to the Lucha Underground world? Oh, so amazing. I remember season one or two, he just came to kind of visit and hang out. And just to see him there it was like, oh, this is cool. It's almost, we know we're making waves, but when you see Rey Mysterio just kind of pop in, it's it really kind of, you know, that, that point sinks in. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it just helps to, like, legitimize everything. I mean, I, I don't, there is any question of legitimacy, but when you got a guy like that to, to bring his expertise and, and everything and years of experience into the mix, it's awesome. And just him as a person is one of, if not the coolest people I've ever met in wrestling. So it's amazing to me that he, well, not trying to be, is this role model, like just by his existence. And it's crazy because for so many of us coming up, he was the role model. He was the guy breaking the mold. He's a smaller guy with a different style who shouldn't make it on paper, but, but did. And a lot of us were attracted to that and saw that and were like, okay, maybe this wrestling dream isn't so insane. Or or, or at least maybe in some parallel universe, there's a 0.10% chance of it happening, maybe. But, but he kind of he kind of was the one to, to show us that, that, you know, some path did exist. It was going to be way off to the left and it was going to be rocky and it was going to be, you know, it wasn't paved and it was, it was, it was ugly and it was overgrown, but it was somehow possible. So we were all drawn to that story and for him to now be a part of, of our story and, and what we're doing um, is insane. And, and, and he, there's no sense of uh, like he would have every right to be a jerk no one should ever be a jerk, but if he was, you'd be like, on some level, you'd get it, because he's freaking Ray Mysterio Jr., and he couldn't be further from that. So it's insane to me that he remains a role model, and it's not just because, oh, he paved the way for guys like myself many years ago. It's look at how he acts and treats people and, and the attitude and the spirit that he brings to a set now. It's not, not what he, it's, there's an appreciation and respect for what he did, but there's that same thing exists now, and that's what's crazy to me i mean it, it, like he couldn't be cooler he's just so nice with everybody and goes he goes out of his way to, to be cool and to be nice and it's just he doesn't have there, there's not like a direct or concrete reason that he doesn't have to be <laughs> he doesn't he's done with what he's done he's made his money and it's like he could show up and, and just kind of cash in and, and there's no sense of that and it's like that's what's amazing for him to just be so approachable and so Again, so cool. I mean, I didn't even, yeah, I, it's been an, an honor to, I think we had like a six-man tag where, where I got to get in the ring with him and, and work with him, which, you know, was this was big accomplishment. I mean, back in 2000, my buddies and I drove to Las Vegas, and there was a nitro grill inside of, uh, hmm. oh, okay. what is it, um, the, the Caesar's, not Caesar's Palace, whatever one's the castle. It's escape Excalibur, I believe. So inside Excalibur, WCW had a restaurant called the Nitro Grill. And I remember my buddies and I just floating, you know, casino to casino, whatever. And then we see this like, whoa, WCW has a restaurant. We got to go. So we go to the WCW restaurant and it's, you know, it has like guys outfits and whatever and memorabilia and stuff like that. And we're sitting down to eat and uh, it's not particularly busy or anything. And we look over 
and like there's Conan and Rey Mysterio eating, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. and I was, I mean, ECW is what got me into wrestling, so I was familiar with Rey Mysterio stuff just even there, him and Hoover de Guerrero having the craziest matches, so even in retrospect, it's even funnier, because there was no sense of like, oh, we shouldn't bug them, they're eating, or about to, I was like, oh my gosh, Rey Mysterio, I'm going, so it's like, I went right over to them, and it was just like, man, you know, and they were so nice and so cool. It's 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 insane. To, I haven't even thought about that for a while. And so now here we are, like 16 years later, and these people, I was just, just, just in my infancy of wrestling. I was probably back at wrestling and, and or about to start training, or I just started training, or like wrestling was just this idea, you know, at, at that time. Uh, but for me to share that with them and be like, you know, and, and talk about these, it wasn't... Like, Rey Mysterio wasn't like, oh, yeah, ECW or whatever. I remember being like, oh, yeah, that match and this and that, and just being excited to talk about it. And, and so they were, they were cool then. I have autographs somewhere <laughs> uh, I could dig up, like, from that day. And here we are 16 years later, and I'm getting the chance to, like, work with them. Um, it's just pretty amazing. And, and it just, yeah, to see, I mean, Prince Puma versus Rey Mysterio from uh, the the main event of last year's Ultima Lucha. It was like one of the best matches I feel like I've ever seen live. And just to know what it meant, you know, to Prince Puma as a friend, it was, it was really, it was really special and cool. And, and to know that Rey Mysterio was willing to, to do what he did for this, this project. And there was no, again, he could have just kind of gone on cruise control and hit the greatest hits, but he was doing stuff he hadn't done in, I mean, years, if ever. <laughs> and, uh, and you know he just remains that inspiration. I mean, in the in the ring to be doing what he's doing, and then outside to to treat every one of us like how he does, and, and be so cool and humble. It's like we can only he sets such a good example for for us younger guys, and, and like that's what we that's what we always wanted to be, and then even now that's what we we still want to be. <laughs> so that's it's yeah, it's awesome to to have him involved. It's a pretty awesome story. I I love it. Nitro Grill. Uh... Which is yeah. cool, uh, you know, a little WCW flavor with uh, Conan and Ray. Did you remind Ray of that story? Did he remember it at all? Uh, I have not shared that with either of them, <laughs> or really anyone. I don't think so. Uh, I should at some point. I, I'm sure they wouldn't remember that. But I, and what bugs me is I had a picture of it at some point, but it's like been lost to history because I think, and this is like computers were so early and new or whatever, like. I think my buddy took a picture and they scanned it and he emailed it to me, but you know, back in 2000, or whatever. So and that computer, you know, crashed and I hadn't backed it up or blah blah blah. So I think that picture's lost forever because that would be pretty neat to to compare that picture to to today. But uh, there there was a picture of me and Rey Mysterio because I just remember being so you know stoked that to be that close to him and realize like because I've been told obviously from day one that I was way too small to do this, and then to meet him and be like, wait a minute, like. He's smaller than me. <laughs> so it really kind of right, sunk yep. in what we all had heard or what we all hoped or knew that, like, well, I mean, he wasn't or he made it happen. It, it might be that much harder for me, and I may have to work that much harder, but that's fine. I've always done that. <laughs> it's been the story of my life, so I'm not, uh, you know, adverse to working hard or whatever. So to, to see that and get that kind of injection uh, directly of, of motivation because you're like, oh, wait a minute, this dude's, a smaller than me and B super cool. Like this is totally possible. So, yeah, someday I'll. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of dorky to admit that to them, but I'll share it with them at some point. <laughs> Seems like a pretty cool guy, though. I'm sure he, he in some way, would be uh, you know respectful to you for yeah. such a such a cool story. That's great. And uh, I remember you know years and years ago, 
meeting Ray, and the, he was so nice to all the fans. But I never quite saw as many people at an autograph signing as I did for him. I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, you could barely move when you're trying to move up in an autograph line. It was it was nuts. The people that were uh, crazy for Ray Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, I think it was last year or the year before. Uh, we did a tour of uh, Qatar in the Middle East, and he was there. And just the way he would get mobbed there as well is just is so cool because it is like it's very much a worldwide phenomenon in, in the way that he's able to connect with people. And I think some of that, I mean, not all of it, but some of it is that that different style that he brought to the table. And there's just been it's been kind of just crammed or shoved to the side for so long that. You know, he was the one guy kind of breaking through these cracks and, and, and showcasing that style. And, you know, I think people, uh, part of the appeal is that people took to took to that. So now it's nice that there's essentially entire promotions based around that and the fans can can get their real fill of, of that style, which, again, I think there's always been a market for. Absolutely. And speaking about that style, obviously, with uh, the influx of the AAA guys in Lucha Underground, I mean, Drago. Phoenix, Aerostar. I mean, all these guys are awesome. Even uh, Texano is awesome. There's so many good guys from Mexico that are in Lucha Underground and really kind of getting able to make a name for himself. But I can't help but think of one guy that kind of sticks out above them just because his character is great. He's such good in the ring. I mean, everything he does has just been unbelievable. And that's Pentagon Jr., Pentagon Dark. What do you think about working with him? Oh, he's cool. You know, he's, he's, he's a cool guy. And he's yeah, I mean the fans obviously have taken to him like like no other. You know, it's like he is like I don't know the Stone Cold or something of Lucha Underground. Like just the the reaction that he gets and and the way people and it's just instant. You know, and, and I like that too because it's like when we were and now we're in our third season. We're still new, but when it was when it was really really new, it, it, it you know all bets are off. It's kind of every person comes out and everything. It's 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 not like oh here's who we like or who we're supposed to like or who's it was all kind of just this really pure kind of here's everybody. What do you like? What don't you like? What's going on? Everyone's being kind of given that same chance more or less. Uh, and it was kind of cool to see him be one of the guys that people just take to and, and kind of make their own in some way. Cause, cause it, 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 he definitely reached like some other level of, you know, accomplishment or something. And it's, you know, largely just to, due to his work and stuff like that. And it's, it's nice to see uh, a guy that had been, you know, kind of paying his dues for so long to kind of get this reward now through this TV show. And and I parallel that even myself. I feel the same same kind of thing is there, you know. It's like I came out and people themselves decided, like, we like this guy. <laughs> we like his mission and we're going to get behind that. And, and yeah, it's it's been neat to see uh, – the rise of, of, of certain guys and, and him in particular, it's kind of it helps to put a face on, on the whole on the whole product and and then you know if people get excited about. It, I mean, yeah, he's if I'm if I was just purely watching the show and not involved at all, I mean, he looks cool. He does cool stuff. He's breaking everyone's arms, you know. <laughs> not, uh, it, and even if you like, he doesn't even need to speak English, and you can still sort of understand a, a lot. You know, you, you can get a sense of of what he. He's trying to accomplish in his promos, even if you you saw it without subtitles or anything, just because he does have a you know a certain way of with the look and the presentation of you know commanding an audience and and kind of telling his story and and being and doing it in a in a way that is kind of captivating. 
he's definitely great and becoming a star. Obviously, he is a star in Mexico, becoming a big star in the States as well. But what I think is cool is with AAA is kind of it works both ways. They have obviously an influx of talent in Lucha Underground, but you and a bunch of others obviously have performed in AAA and you've been down in Mexico and you were recently on Triple Mania. Uh, they're huge, you know, WrestleMania-esque show down there in Mexico. So what was it like performing on the big stage in Mexico? Yeah, I mean, on a personal note, it was, like, really exciting because I specifically remember, like, backyard wrestling with Josh Prohibition in his mom's backyard, like, however many years <laughs> ago that was now. And, and and we were, you know, obviously, like, WWF and WCW and ECW were around, and we were loosely aware that there was wrestling other places, but it was just sort of this vague, like, Japan and Mexico have wrestling. Like, Hayabusa is this badass dude flipping around in Japan, and then there's, like, masked crazy dudes doing something called Lucha Libre in Mexico. So it's like we, we had this loose understanding that those things exist. So to then fast forward a number of years and be on Triple Mania in front of 20,000 people in Mexico City, it is it is insane. <laughs> You're, like... You just picture yourself in a backyard being like, there's wrestling in Mexico, that's what I'm going to do. But, like, how and why, and it's impossible. It's just, like, some random, like, I'll be a fighter jet pilot, but I'll never try. I'll just run around my backyard and make plane noises, you know? <laughs> to go from that to doing it, it's like, what the heck? And it wasn't, like, now that I've, the times that I've gone to AAA, I didn't go there and meet all the stars of AAA. I went there and I saw my friends. Drago and Aerostar and Pentagon and Phoenix. And and that's the part that was, there was some level of I had to take a step back and really soak it all in and just the, the insanity of that because that's the biggest company in Mexico running the biggest shows with such a storied history and such tradition and, and wrestling there is much more part of their culture. And I wasn't going there to, to, to meet those people. I was going there almost as one of them with them to do it together and that was the craziest part because, it, 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 like, when you th- we're all aware of the masked wrestler and the lucha libre and Mexico, and, and even my neighbor probably loosely knows that stuff, even if they hate pro wrestling and have never seen it. Like, they're aware of a masked wrestler or something. So to 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 take something that we're all every person on the planet more or less is, is aware of, and, and then that realization for myself to be like, holy crap, I, I've I've already on some level been accepted into this world. And again, it wasn't going there and, and meeting all these people and, and, and trying to fit in. It was it was being welcomed there by all my friends who I now know through Lucha Underground and stuff like that and being like, oh my God, I'm like a part of, this, this is a cultural thing there and I'm already a part of it. And I was like, that was really mind-blowing because it was like, whoa. <laughs> like, hmm. like, it just really stuck out to me and, and I was just like, Oh my God! <laughs> like I already know. Like these are all my friends. Like we're all we're all doing this, and it's it's it is the current generation of lucha libre. And you start thinking of the history and, and all of that, and you're like, we're the here and now of that. And it's like, I don't know. It almost gets like overwhelming. It's just really crazy. I mean, like you have uh, Fantasma Junior. and and, it, and and his dad was there. Me, who is I don't know how old, but he's he's a man uh, in a suit wearing a mask in the back. You know, like. And that's the stuff you look, you read about in books, <laughs> and and for him to call me over and be like, I love what you're doing. I mean, like you're just you're just standing out on Lucha Underground. Like keep doing it. It's a, I'm like, what what is happening? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, here's a guy that, and I believe his father was a wrestler. So it's different. I mean, it, it, my dad's a mailman. Like 
my dad wasn't a pro wrestler. My dad wasn't a Lucha Libre wrestler. My dad's dad wasn't a wrestler. Like, there, there is no lineage. I'm a kid from a small town Ohio that decided to get into the craziest thing you could possibly do, more or less, and then did it like with no help and with no one, with nothing at my back, but just some stupid dream and a lot of hours in the gym. And it's like, but to be involved with these guys where their brothers are wrestlers and their dads are wrestlers and their dads' dads are wrestlers, and, and to not not be reading about it in a book, but to to see it. And be like, my God, they grew up, and their dad probably wasn't there because he was wrestling. Or if he did, he came mm. home hurt or beat up, or he was he was. Th- this mask wasn't a, a thing you you buy at a fair and then you and you you wear on Halloween or you, you you put up as a as a as a decoration. I mean, this is their their livelihood. It was so real to them, and 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 for generations. And then to be in with guys like that and, and be doing this activity and and performing this art with them, it's just. That that was that's when it really gets kind of, you know. Again, I, I live in Ohio and I'm white and my dad's a mailman. And you're like, <laughs> what's what? <laughs> like it's it, it's it's almost impossible. Like, it, but it's you know it's impossible on paper, but then it it, it it it's happening and it's like it's just awesome. It's just you know, like like these people have wrestling in their blood and to be welcomed into that family, it's just it's really 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 cool. Hmm. Definitely uh, pretty cool. You are almost the, instead of son of a plumber, you know, like Dusty, you're almost the son of a mailman. Sure. Well, I thought about that. I wrestled Cody Rhodes uh, last month, and I was sort of thinking about that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dad's <laughs> thing. He's the son of the son of a plumber, and I'm like, I'm the son of a mailman, and and yeah, here we go. And he's amazing, by the way. I mean, we had one of the, my favorite matches maybe ever, and he might be one of my favorite wrestlers ever now. Like, not kidding at all. Like, hey, talk about professional guys like Rey Mysterio. I mean, Cody Rhodes, you just you got that sense of, I mean, it's in his blood. You know, this is all he's known. This is all his family knows. This is something he's been brought up on and cares deeply about. And just, like, I, I want to say, I want to sum it up in a word as, like, professional, but that doesn't even do it justice. If there was some, like, hyperbole associated with that or some hyperbolic way of, of, of stretching that to, to mean even more <laughs> like that that would be him he's, he's pretty incredible as well not to go off on a tangent but hmm. with you know speaking cody obviously former WWE star i kind of wanted to touch a little bit on uh tough enough obviously we mentioned a little bit before because Elise was on there with you and that's kind of where you met her but what were your overall thoughts on tough enough and kind of your shocking exit from that show sure i mean the executive producer uh of Tough Enough that year was a guy uh, by the name of Eric Von Wagnon. Uh, and if you watch the credits of Lucha Underground, uh, that show oh, yeah. is done oh, yeah. by a guy yeah. named uh, Eric Von Wagnon. So therein is all you really need to know. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very much a television show made by the same guys that, that make Lucha Underground who are amazing at making television shows. So it was, it was a fun experience. I mean, where else? I, I believe the house that we were in uh, ultimately was for sale. I think it was even for sale when we were filming the show. So it was like a $7 million uh, house. Um, you were provided, you literally had a list, you wrote down all the foods you wanted, and then you were given those foods to a tea. Uh, like, you didn't even have to, I remember like the first day, like eating something and then going to like wash a dish, and there was no sponge and no no soap. Or, I was like, how do I... How do I wash my dishes? And I'm kind of off screen. They're like, "Oh, don't worry about it. Like, you don't need to. Just put them wherever." So it's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so you got, you got to live for this. Well, in my case, like a week 
in this place where you're just served whatever food you want at whatever hours. You don't do your laundry. You don't even clean your dishes. <laughs> there's no TV. There's no clock. There's no cell phones. It was like you were some kind of weird king, you know, and, and, and you're put in this, like, traumatic experience with other people so that, you know, in the spirit of anything traumatic, when you experience it with someone else, you're just drawn that much closer. So I feel like I made some, some good friends for life because we were, you know, in the trenches, so to speak, uh, during this, like, crazy time all together. So it was, it was I mean, to do was, was so much fun. I mean, it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, like, this is, this is pretty awesome. And you're, you know, getting, and, and the biggest and most surprising thing to come out of the show is that I've been able to stay in touch with Stone Cold to this day, which obviously wasn't a part of any sort of contract that he would have signed with the television network. I'm sure it wasn't, well, pick one or two of the guys and then just keep in touch with them forever, you know? <laughs> so that's that's not part of, you know, anything that he would have have signed. And, and you wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have thought that was going to happen in a million years. I mean, so to have kind of an open line of communication with him is insane. <laughs> uh, like I remember the first time he called, I was... I kind of made an insane noise because, you know, I thought it was one of my huh. buddies. They like, put me up with like a really, really, really good Stone Cold depression, and then, uh, and he was like, "Oh, did I catch you at a bad time?" And I was like, "Oh no, I just, you know, I can't tell him. I don't believe it's you." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll, I guess I'll ride this wave for a little bit. But no part of me thinks this is actually him because, like, that's not possible. <laughs> and and yeah, he's. I mean, he was. And continues to be like he's great. He's another. Guy. It's, it's it's funny that I've almost realized that the guys that have achieved the most and don't have anything to like prove are are, are like by and large the coolest. I mean that's when you get hmm. your Rey Mysterio and your Stone Cold and your Cody Rhodes. Like the dudes that could be dicks and it wouldn't be cool, but it'd be understandable. Uh, aren't because <laughs> they almost don't have anything right. to like, prove or they don't have to like. Well, I gotta act a certain way or they're, they're just cool and it's like. Wow, <laughs> like that's what's cool. It's like, and then the guys who aren't as cool maybe didn't accomplish as much, so they're like, I don't know, it's almost like bitter or jaded or something. And, and then there's like mm. this other weird sense to them. So it's like, it's like the biggest stars in my experience have always been like the coolest. And then yeah, he's the, a shining example of that. And I mean, I mean, he's it's like it's insane for him to, I mean, genuinely this many years removed from his active in ring career to still care about wrestling. You know, you could tell it's. It's something that he deeply cares about. I mean, he's on the phone with me, being like, "What do you think about the shield?" And it's like, "What?" Like, on some level, who cares? Like, who, what do you mean? What do I think? Like, why do you care what I think about the shield? Who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, and I'm right. thinking like, this is an insane conversation because he's not gonna know that like I've wrestled Tyler Black a million times and I've spent the night at his house and he spent the night at my house and and blah blah blah. Like, so. I'm like, how insane that I actually can share insight with Stone Cold Steve Austin about a Seth Rollins that, that he wouldn't know, <laughs> but that he does care about because he likes wrestling. And I'm like, well, you know, this is a guy that is amazing, and here's what he brings to the table, and here's some backstories about it, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and same thing with Cesaro and all these other different, like, you know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't know them in the way that, that I do and vice versa. And it's just, so there's been some some insane conversations, but... Yeah, to tie it all back together, I mean, if, when they're like, okay, random phone call out of the blue, we'd like you to be on Tough Enough, uh, did I think that would manifest into, like, Stone Cold asking me, like, what are my thoughts on the shield? You know, <laughs> I could have never <laughs> drawn that conclusion or whatever. So that, that's that been the coolest and most surprising thing to to come out of it. 
uh, and likely, uh, very likely, I, I'm in Lucha Underground because of it too. So uh, that's another little added bonus, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny the way uh, things work out. I mean, who would have thought, as you're a young fan getting into the business, that one day Stone Cold Steve Austin would be calling you asking your opinion on a faction in the WWE? Pretty funny. Yeah, every part of it's insane. <laughs> I mean, even and my career in particular has just been so insane. Like, there's there's literally no one outside of myself that even knows like all the things that I've done or, or, or can draw like this kind of connection to them. Cause they have been so, so random and even things we've touched about during this call. It's like, do people know that I'm like, I'm the guy from the back at wrestling video game. Uh, hmm. and if you do, is that the same guy that did Hulkamania's Hulkamania tour of Australia? And that's the same guy that was on ultimate warriors last show ever. And then he also did tough enough. And then he was on wrestling society X and now he's on Lucha underground. Like there's, there's no possible way you'd be able to like tie those things together. Cause they're, so, they're all awesome and they're all just so random in relation to one another. But so it's been, yeah, just an insane 16 years, but that's what keeps me involved because I always think about like, Right now, someone in the world is having some kind of conversation about me. Like, maybe mm-hmm. they're in Belgium, and they're like, maybe we should use Matt Cross. And it's like, that's happening, like, right now. So I just love that excitement of waking up every day, and, and you don't know what's going to come your way. And so I always have that idea of, like, being ready. And people always ask me, like, oh, I want to be a wrestler. Like, you know, what's your advice? And, and half the time, more than half the time, to be honest, I don't believe them. Because if you look at professional wrestlers, there's, there's, you have to look the part. There can't be some mistake between who's the who's the fan who paid for the ticket and who's who's putting on the show so i mean it's and you look at the people who are the tops of all these companies like the higher your goals are the higher aesthetics come into play and you have to you have to look a certain way so if you're just and there's you know there's room for everybody or whatever and there's you, you got to have i don't know tugboat and you got to have kevin steen and you got to have not not everyone has to have a certain look but mm-hmm. by and large it's not going to hurt you to to achieve that so when i see some random guy and it's like now, if you're going to the gym every single day and you're watching everything you eat, and you're very, then I can tell you you're serious about this, and I can tell that you want to be a wrestler. Outside of that, like a dream with no work is, is just that. It's a dream. Like we can all have some silly dreams, but like you've got to work every single day, and like even myself included. It's like me and Joe Hendry were on the ICW tour the other week, and the only time we could work out was it was 2 in the morning. Uh, and that's insane. <laughs> we went to the gym, and we worked out at 2 in the morning, because him and I both want to be pro wrestlers. I'll, I'll say in my head as I'm going through reps, and I've been working out for know, 18 years, it's a lot of times on a Friday night when I'm there by myself lifting weights, I'm not even counting reps because your body doesn't even know numbers. It just knows how tired it gets. And, and as I do the reps, I'm like, I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a pro wrestler. Because even now I'm chasing it. And I, I'm, I mean, this has been the craziest year I've ever had. And it's like I've just been – I've gone to 12 countries this year alone – but like I touched on earlier, but there's no, there's no, well, I did it. Like time to relax. Like it's, let's go, let's go harder. Let's go more. Let's go. Uh, the, the work is all still there. All the work that got me here is going to get me to that next level, whatever that is. And it's like, you know, that's just the mentality that I have. And just this, just that, that, that hard work can't be denied forever. So just always being ready. Cause I knew, uh, you know, you can't really pick when you get opportunities in, in life and especially in wrestling. So they might come and you, you want to be ready. So you just, you always have to, I just kind of stay ready for, for whatever that next thing might be. Which is 
awesome because you're literally wrestling uh, around the globe. And as I start to wind it down a bit here, it's funny, you know, you were saying, you know, you wrestled here, you wrestled there. I mean, if you rattled off all the places, it would probably take all day that you wrestle. I mean, it's it's insane the places you wrestle, but you failed to mention one little thing. Also uh, tried out for uh, American Ninja Warrior, too. So throw that in there and, and add that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sort of have like you know many many irons in the fire, so that's something that I was just such a fan of that show, uh, and I would always watch it, and I was like, you know, to, to some degree, I was the guy at home with this pseudo chip on his shoulder that's like, man, I could do this. Like, I'm th- there is no like wrestling was always like you're going to be too small and you're going to be this, and I watched Ninja Warrior. I'm like, this is tailor made to what I bring to the table. I mean, I'm one of the most athletic guys in wrestling, and I don't, you know, that doesn't sound the best, or it sounds cocky, whatever, but, you know, I believe it to be true, and it's only because what other guy has a formal 11-year background in gymnastics and, and continues to, you know, just kind of pursue those avenues and stuff, so so I'd watch this show, and I'm like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and I had been called by the producers because I had tried out previously for American Gladiators, so there were some tie-ins there, um, so I've been contacted almost every year, but I just wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, one year I was touring Ireland. Uh, one year might have been when we were doing Tough Enough. It was it was always some reason. And then I was like, man, whenever this comes around next year, I need to do it. Because I knew it was going to be one of those things that if I didn't, I'd look back and regret it. And I'm like, I just I just need to know. Um, and it, yeah, it, was, it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. It's, it's nerve-wracking. Um, but I, I can't think of anything more fun than just a giant human adult obstacle course somewhere. I mean, that's the coolest thing I can even think of. So I just wanted to just, just to try. I mean, if that existed in somebody's backyard or whatever, I'd want to come over and do it. You know, it's like, I just love that idea of kind of challenging yourself, especially in a, in a physical manner. And I mean, I, I loved the jungle gym as a kid. So the fact that they blew it up and, and, you know, I was like, I felt like I was on Legend of the Hidden Temple or Guts or American Gladiators, all these <laughs> shows I grew up watching and always being like, oh, put me on, put me on. Like, I need to do this. And I'm like, oh, there's an adult version now. Yes. Like, here we go. <laughs> and as what I believe to be a born entertainer, I was just like, oh, I can, I can kind of bring something different to the table as well. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I think I'm going to, I mean, now my schedule is like pretty much insane. So I don't know if it'd be able to kind of squeeze it in, but, but I plan on uh, applying again this year and, uh, hopefully I'll be back. Which would be, you know, amazing. And think about your amazing career and all the crazy matches you've had all over the world. I mean, we didn't really even mention uh, Ring of Honor, which had a nice, long, good run there, or CDW, or Pro Wrestling No, we had a small run. I mean, there's so many different places, and you were able to make a mark and literally wrestled everywhere around the world. And we mentioned great matches with Cody or uh, Matanza or some more matches to come on season three of Lucha Underground. But is there a couple of favorite matches besides those that you can think of that you would consider some of the favorites that you've ever had? Um, it's, it's, I really liked working with Ultimo Dragon. Uh, oh, wow. And that's another, like, weird, like I've wrestled him 13 times. I'm sure no one knows wow. that. And oh, I've, wow. I've wrestled <laughs> I wrestled him in Canada, in Italy, in Spain. Uh, so just... You know, to have him be a guy that, like, oh, in what? Like, WCW, NWO, Revenge, the video game? Like, <laughs> I was picking him because he had the coolest outfit. And then being like, oh, here he is. <laughs> like, you were going to wrestle him night after night in front of 12,000 people in Spain. Or you're wrestling him in Italy. Or you're, he's coming to Toronto. You're wrestling him. It's just, it, it, That was so cool. And so to become, you know, friends with him over the course of 
13 matches in, in however many months and years and, and had to see that kind of trust grow. So where the first match was much more basic and then to eventually like, okay, I'm going to do the Asai Moonsault because like now I finally trust you to, to, to catch me or whatever. And then these kind of things. And that was, that was neat. Um, so uh, th- those kind of stick out to me just because they were all such great experiences. And then I think this one's fresh in my mind just because it kind of came up earlier in the week. But because someone had asked me, like, oh, have you ever wrestled Adrian Neville? Or maybe they even asked me if I'd ever met him. And I just thought that was hilarious because, like, I wrestled him in England, France, uh, off the coast of Africa on an island called La Reunion, uh, Spain, um, maybe Italy as well. Uh, I think Scotland, like in like, like like half a dozen countries we've wrestled, um, and then remain good friends. So I was like, yeah, I've met him, like <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that was just so funny to me. But again, that just kind of speaks to the, the randomness of of my career. But um, I've just I've been lucky to wrestle so many good guys. I mean, me and uh, Sanjay Dutt had this incredible match back in CCW in like 2004. That's sort of my stock go-to best my favorite match answer. Um, there was just so much build up to it. And the crowd that night was insane. Uh, and just, it was, I think that was something really special. Um, I mean, if you want a very recent example, uh, uh, me and Mark Andrews at progress last month, uh, I think was something really special. Uh, Mark and I have known each other for, for years, but never got the chance to wrestle. And uh, this is our first time and it sounds great on paper, but there's, that's a lot of, pressure because it's i mean just because something sounds good on paper doesn't mean doesn't mean anything <laughs> it could be terrible um but i really thought that that not only are we similar in the ring but but outside of it as well and just he's such a genuinely good guy uh and it just it translated so well and to do it in front of that progress crowd you know sold out in london seven eight hundred whatever they pack into that building uh it was one of my favorite finishing sequences uh, probably prob- i mean certainly top three if not my top one ever and to do it in front of that crowd was just so special and, and like you talk about like the magic of pro wrestling it was it was very very evident and, and apparent right there so and to do it with a friend for the first time was was you know nearly emotional so that's a very very recent example but i feel like i've been in a tear like i was i had a friend recently that was like every time you leave me a message uh it's like you keep saying you just had the best match of your career or something. <laughs> You've done that like three or four weeks in a row. And I, and I hadn't really realized, I'm going back and listening to these messages, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I... And I'm like, I was never lying, though. <laughs> like, I really thought that I'm like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just on a tear lately. And, and it's, you know, I think wrestling, like we talked, like we started on to go full circle, is, is on, on the rise worldwide, and I'm so happy to be still be involved. And, and I do feel like I'm having the best matches of my career right now. And, and just, just, I don't know, in this really, like excited positive space where i can just kind of keep riding that momentum and getting to work with so much talent that's out there and 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 yeah just 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 keep the keep this thing going can you name so many cool opponents that you know just that you've been uh, amazing that you've been able to have some of these matches obviously ultimo dragon over to guerrero really sticks out but what about your favorite place to wrestle. I feel like that's an interesting question for you because, my God, I think we just named 27 or 28 countries that you wrestled in, at least. Uh, so do you have yeah, a favorite yeah. place to wrestle? Uh, I mean, people always ask me what my favorite country is, and I always say that whatever the last place I came back from. Because I've always, I've enjoyed every place I've ever been, genuinely. So it's always like, if you ask me right now, it's going to be England, just because that was where I was most recently and had such, mm. such 
a good tour, and I'd be like, oh, England's amazing. It's my favorite. And that, that finish at Progress with Mark Andrews was, was just unreal. So right, And the way that the people responded to it. So I'd be like, oh, man, London and England for sure. Um, you know, that said, if you asked me a month before that, I'd have been, oh, Qatar or, you know, Egypt or Russia or wherever I, I was last. So, um, yeah, it's always hard to say. It's like, And I like that I've never been pigeonholed. Um, I like that I've been able to kind of go everywhere and everything, and that's been the calling card of my career, and, and that kind of pushes me forward too. I have this desire to be like the most well-traveled guy of our generation, which I don't know, I, I may be now, but certainly that's what I, I hope to be. Um, so yeah, it's 24 countries now. Um, I mean, 25 is my next goal, but that uh, I imagine that happening in 2017, so then I'm going to push onward to 30. I mean, I just want to just just see the world and, and getting able being able to meet people and I mean this past weekend I wrestled for Beyond uh in Massachusetts and I mean they have a great thing going and a great environment with the fans, you know, ringside and stuff and and then I got just driven to the airport and met this guy and we get to talking and he was he was thirty nine years old and straight edge and like ska and like punk rock and he was going to see Earth Crisis in ninety three. So it was just it, it basically like there were so many, I'm like, oh, he's my friend forever that I just met, you know. So, but mm-hmm. without pro wrestling, I would be in Cleveland, Ohio, and I wouldn't get this chance to just go to Boston for a minute and meet this guy who now I'm sure will probably be in touch with, you know, basically forever. So it's like you just get to meet so many cool people and and people in general, and get to work with so many. I mean, there's so many crazy characters because it's wrestling, right? I mean, I don't think. There's varying levels of normal, but you're not going to be like just baseline normal to be involved in this for a long time because you have to have some sort of, I don't know, <laughs> like what, whether it's mental illness or, or whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any other way of just, you know, what would be the attraction to stay involved with something so grueling and so painful uh, mentally and physically for so long. So, uh, you know, the people that are attracted to this are, are going to be, whether one degree or 99% off or different or weird. So you meet so many cool people and interesting people just, just by the nature of it, too. So yeah, it's hard to can't really pinpoint a place because, I mean, I wrestled in the Stade de France in Paris, uh, which is where, like, the World Cup was, and there was 72,000 people. <laughs> I wrestled a guy oh, named... Wow. Uh, uh, T.J. Perkins, I don't know whatever happened to him, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we had this is like 2007, and we had like a three-minute match. Uh, that's what they wanted uh, in front of 72,000 people. So like that sticks out of like favorite place. I'm like, well, I like to wrestle in front of 72,000 people, <laughs> which was bigger than WrestleMania that year. So it's like just yeah, so much insane stuff. But I mean, I've wrestled in giant places like that, and I've wrestled for yeah, I wrestled in Switzerland at this little hall last month in front of, I don't know, the place was absolutely packed, but maybe 150, 200 people for SWE. Mm-hmm. And it it was like, if there was 150 people, every single person went as nuts as you could go. Like, so mm-hmm. it just, the, the atmosphere was, was amazing. And there's been so many times like that and places like that where it's just, when people just come unhinged and, and, and just like lose their minds. And like, that's the beauty of, of what we do. So, and that can happen at any point in any place. So that's why I'm always, I don't know, on the search for and why I'm always on the road, like looking for that, that next time for that to happen. So, um, yeah, it can always, it can always happen. It has happened pretty much anywhere and everywhere. So, um, it's hard to nail down any, any particular place. I mean, I have places 
like Smash Wrestling in Toronto that I go to, you know, somewhat regularly that I love. Um, but, you know, I've, I've been lucky that so many experiences have been so positive. And somebody that's been very quiet this whole time, I'm actually been surprised. How does the cat feel about you traveling all around? Doesn't he get pissed that you're never home? <laughs> he's blind, so <laughs> <laughs> my cat catch. Yeah, he's he's blind, um, but he still gets around like really surprisingly well. He jumps up and down on all the furniture and everything, and uh, it's kind of funny to watch him kind of navigate his way around because you know he'll uh, he'll bump into walls and stuff like that, but he still. He still like, jumps up and down and everything, which surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any sort of uh, dream match? I mean, you've wrestled a million awesome guys. I mean, we went through the list of all these amazing guys. I mean, you just mentioned TJP and, and Adrian Neville. I mean, holy crap. I mean, so many cool different guys. I mean, Chris Daniels, Brian Danielson. I mean, the list goes on and on. But do you have any sort of dream match, a guy that you've never been able to wrestle? Yeah, that's that's like easy. Uh, AJ Styles. Never had a singles match with him. And that's been my dream match since, I want to say, like 2002. So I would have answered that question the same for the past, like, you know, 15 years, which is crazy because it's like, to me, it's such a no-brainer. I'm like, like I don't know, if I was a promoter, I would book that <laughs> or would have. So, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets more difficult to answer that because it's like once you're so deep in, you almost – have been lucky to wrestle so many guys. So it's almost like, who do I want to wrestle again? You know, like, I really want to wrestle Cody Rhodes again. I really want to wrestle Ricochet again. I want to wrestle Sami Zayn again, and, and so on and so forth. It's just it's a, it's a bunch of agains. <laughs> um, hmm. But 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 nevers are, are you know, uh, yeah, I think me and Dolph Ziggler could have a sweet match. Um, I think he's amazing. And then AJ Styles, again, has been my answer for, for 15 years. We had, like, a four-way, so there was, like, a, a taste of what we could do, and I just think we could do something really special. And he's always been, uh, you know, someone I looked up to and, and and kind of the leader in that innovative style that I kind of try to bring to the table also. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I'd love to wrestle him someday. Well, as we uh, as we wrap it up, uh, the best ender I think we could possibly go with it. When you look down the road, you get the crystal ball out, you look five years into the future, where do you see yourself? Is it finally getting that AJ Styles dream match? Are we going to see you main eventing WrestleMania? Are we going to see you in season 10 of Lucha Underground? Where do we think Matt Cross will be within five years in the wrestling business? I have no idea. And I don't know if that's for better or for worse. I mean, maybe I should have like this really concrete answer. Maybe that's good in life to have these. Nothing. Obviously, you should have goals and stuff like that. But I always, I'm hesitant in this business because it could end today. <laughs> I go to the gym tonight and I try to squat a million pounds and it falls on me and I'm done, you know, <laughs> like, or it's like, it's just so, who knows, who knows, like, the first thing that almost pops to mind is like, I did a tour for Pro Wrestling Noah and I think it was 2008 or 2009, and, 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 and like that tour in a weird way encapsulates wrestling to me, the other foreigners on the tour were Daniel Bryan, doing well for himself, Bison Smith, rest in peace, <laughs> Nigel McGuinness, and myself. Those are the four foreigners. And it's just, there's, that's pro wrestling. Am I going to be the Daniel Bryan? Am I going to make a million dollars? Am I going to be the Bison Smith? Am I going to die? Am I the Nigel McGinn? You know, it's, it's like my, my, the future is unwritten. My story is yet to be to unfold, but, but, but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and it's like we're in this absolutely insane activity, and you, you just don't know. And it's like when I started, I was in my backyard, and I was having fun. 
and now it's 15 years later, and I'm not in the backyard, but I'm still having fun. I, I never planned on this as like a career. It was just something, I'm straight edge, and I live in Ohio. Let's beat each other up in the backyard. Like, that sounds logical when you're 18, you know? Uh, and, and then you get an email or you get a phone call, like, we'll pay you this to go do this show. Okay. And then the next one comes, and the next one comes. And then you blink twice, it's 16 years later, and that's what I'm still doing. So I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, I never set out on this path per se. Uh, and, and here I am doing it and loving it and, and so happy to be doing it. So, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's very day-to-day, week-to-week. It's like this weekend I'll be in – I run in Colt Cabana on Friday – uh, we haven't had a singles match since 2006, and, and before that, it was 2003 in PWG or something. So this is like maybe our third ever singles match, and our, we've known each other since 2001. And it's like, you know, we've been friends forever. But but so I got that on Friday, and then Saturday I gotta go down to North Carolina, and it's like the matches. It's like me and Ricochet and Shane Strickland versus Sanjay Dutt, Juventud Guerrera, and some and uh crap his name just escaped me but it's like some crazy match on saturday and then the weekend after that it's like uh tommy dreamer's house of hardcore on the saturday in wisconsin like i have a show in dayton ohio on the friday then i fly to fest wrestling in gainesville florida uh on the set on the sunday and then i think the weekend after that i'm back to europe again for uh, switzerland and it's like like it's so hard to keep my weekend straight and then when i come home you know you're like one percent human you have to kind of get your like video game life meter back up so you just got to sleep and eat and 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 answer all these emails and you know we're we are our own agents nine times out of ten and we're making all this we're small businesses and we just we just wear so many different hats that it's like it's I, just to keep the ship afloat now it's you know a full-time job and and um yeah i mean i'm, I'm booked throughout the rest of the year season four of lucha underground will we'll likely start early next year so we'll be back i'll be going out to la again like all the time and and uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I just, it sucks that, that your time in wrestling is finite. Uh, if you could just do this forever and if it wasn't so damaging on your body, then, like, I would have 100,000% one life. I mean, for me to be able to be in Lucha Underground and, and be a part of such a fun and cool and innovative product and then still have the freedom to, to go overseas, if I could do Lucha Underground and then go to ICW in progress and then do Lucha Underground and then Baba just kind of hop back and forth, like, Hell yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the happiest dude ever. Like, and just throwing, you know, a punk rocker show to a week uh, during all that. And like, dude, I won life. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I I think I've always kind of forever onward and upward, right? I've, I've always kind of been involved in something. I've kind of always been on the rise. Uh, I think that's like just, just very palpable. And, and, and I just hope to continue to do that. You know I mean? Like travel is always important to me. So my my goal right now is 25 countries. Once I hit 25, it'll be 30. Once I hit 30, who knows? You know, um, I'd like to see every state through wrestling. I'd like to see as many countries as I can through wrestling. Like, I just spread this passion for what I have everywhere. So, um, I mean, more. I mean, it's, it's it's really difficult to think five years ahead because you're like, who knows? I mean, I hope I'm still involved. I hope I'm still having this much fun. Um, more immediate goals. I'd, I'd like to be Lucha Underground champion. Uh, I'm a guy that's been there since day one. Uh, I put my stock, you know, in this company. I believe in it. I love it. Uh, I'm passionate when I when I speak about it. Uh, I'm like sweaty now just from like having this conversation. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that I can be the face of that. You know, I can. I have an honors degree in communications from Cleveland State. Uh, I feel like I can string a sentence together. You know, I, I'd like to. 
I'm, I'm happy to do interviews for and with them and then just kind of, uh, I think, you know, my style is kind of representative of what the company brings to the table and there's this innovative next level uh, generation of what we do. And, and I would love to kind of, you know, wear the cap of, 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 of that company and then see where we could take it. So uh, that's kind of what motivates me just on a day-to-day basis. Um and uh, continue for, for that just to just to grow, but you know who knows? Wrestling's insane and crazy, and I just want to keep having fun and and having good matches and just kind of. I feel like I'm such a good place now just to be able to go all these places and for people. I mean, beyond Sunday, a uh, young lady told me that she got into wrestling through watching Son of Havoc on Lucha Underground, and it's not the first time I've heard that. It's like that's the ultimate compliment. I mean, this person didn't even know or like professional wrestling and now they do like they're hooked because because of me and it's like it just that that touches you you know and it's like it's kind of it's motivating and then i like to keep kind of continuing just 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 doing what i'm doing so i'm gonna keep working as hard as possible so whatever opportunities come my way i'll i'll be ready and willing to take them and and uh yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see i don't <laughs> i don't know am i going to be the the daniel bryan or, or the vice of smith who, who knows well, whichever you end up being, hopefully uh, it'll be the Daniel Bryan system. Sure. We <laughs> lost Bison a few years back. But I'll tell you what, just from uh, this whole entire interview, just from everything that we've gone over, obviously we wish you nothing but absolutely. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading. Thanks for listening to today's episode with Son of Havoc, Matt Cross. And as I stated, we apologize that his plugs got cut off. But if you can go on Twitter, follow him at MDogMattCross, as well as on Facebook.com slash MDogMattCross. And if you've got the old Instagram gimmick, head on over there and find him at MDogMattCross again. He said he's really getting into the Instagram story and sharing his uh, kind of thoughts and his little interactions with his followers on Instagram. So really go out of your way to check him out on the Instagram as well as some upcoming dates for Rockstar Pro Wrestling this coming weekend as well as a part of House of Hardcore and Blizzard Brawl in Wisconsin on December 3rd. And get on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Matt Cross. Find all his t-shirts and as always, catch him every Wednesday night as part of Lucha Underground on the El Rey Network. And we all thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling.